So, because we are in day-to-day life, uh, we have all of our obligations. We don't stop to notice. And when it comes to a day like Yud Shvat, to stop for a little bit, instead of going through your routine, putting the kids to bed, serving supper, uh, looking on your uh, electronics for the latest news, just to get together, and to some, today's news was pretty good, but, <laughs> but the idea of stopping everything and just to focus a little bit on the great privilege we have. But my friends, as you've heard and you probably know, that it took a whole year for the Rebbe to agree to take over the leadership and become the seventh Rebbe. Something which boggles our mind, the Rebbe, as we know today, his accomplishments, his leadership, how could he refuse how could he not go ahead and immediately accept it and do what he has done? Look what he has done. How could he not? How could he not accept it right away? A lot of people have been pondering. We know the Rebbe was a private person. The Rebbe was. As if you can say, he was an introvert, he wanted to live a life out of the spotlight. But those are explanations. But we know that the Rebbe expected and demanded from each one to utilize their koichas, their strength. And then the other question that we have is, how is it that after so many years we continue to be inspired, we continue to follow, we continue, the Rebbe continues to lead us? How is it possible? I think there's one key of an answer, and I think that's important for us to know. Is the Rebbe was devoted unconditionally to his father-in-law, to the previous Rebbe. The Rebbe's reverence, the Rebbe's respect, the Rebbe's devotion, whatever the previous Rebbe said, wanted, aspired to, the Rebbe was going to put himself 100%. The Rebbe was the real example of what a chassid is, not what a Rebbe is, of what it means to be connected to a tzaddik, what it means connected to a Rebbe, what it means to accept. You know, the whole concept of a chassid Rebbe, we talk about his kashrus, we talk about tying yourself. We talk about giving over your soul 
to the Rebbe. We talk about a tremendous and deep union, a connection which is unparalleled in any other situation is the connection between a Chosid and a Rebbe and his Rebbe. Today we have Rosh Yeshivas with their students, but a Chosid and a Rebbe are on a totally different level. It's on a much more deeper, profound, a higher level of connection. <coughs> Who personified the deepest and the loyalist and the strongest connection to his Rebbe was our Rebbe. Was our Rebbe. Our Rebbe would go in fire and water literally to fulfill the mission of his father-in-law. I think it's very simple, actually. I thought about this a little bit. And I think it's very simple. And the Rebbe actually said it. The previous Rebbe never told the Rebbe openly, you are to take my place. The previous Rebbe never told the Rebbe, I want you to be the seventh Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Rebbe would not do anything without the instruction, without the instruction, without the wishes, without the direction from his father-in-law. Whatever his father-in-law told him, that would the Rebbe would do, go to the end of the world, to the end of the sky. The Rebbe would do what his Rebbe told him. If his Rebbe told him you should be a Rebbe, then he would not hesitate for one second and he would become the Rebbe right away. But the Rebbe never told it to him. While the Hasidim were bombarding the Rebbe to become a Rebbe, the Rebbe said, I didn't hear it from my father-in-law. He never told me that. And it wasn't just that he didn't tell me that. He had the ample opportunity to hear from his father-in-law. The Rebbe was like this, working together with his father-in-law. There was such a connection that it was unimaginable between a father-in-law and a son-in-law, between the Rebbe and his father-in-law, the Friedrich Rebbe. There was a tremendous connection. And the Rebbe would be generally very calm, collective, composed very much. But when the Rebbe would talk about the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe would burst out crying uncontrollably. And then he would compose himself again. The Rebbe was in the deepest levels of his soul. He was connected to the Friedrich Rebbe. And the Friedrich Rebbe didn't tell him. And the Rebbe wasn't going to do anything. You know, Hasidim didn't know at the time, originally. But Hasidim did have Seichel. And they understood who is the one that is fitting to become the next Lubavitcher Rebbe. But nothing doing with the Rebbe. If my father-in-law didn't tell me to do it, I'm not going to do it. He doesn't care what anybody said. And he had his doubts. Maybe... Maybe his father-in-law 
wanted the older son-in-law to become the Rebbe. Maybe his brother-in-law, known as Rabbi Gurari, Rebbe Shag, maybe that's what the previous Rebbe wanted. Guess what? If the Friedrich Rebbe wanted Rabbi Gurari to become the Rebbe, the Rebbe would become his Choshet. Because that was his Rebbe's will. The Rebbe did not do anything, whatever his father-in-law said. A lot of time I was also wondering, you know, the Rebbe was such a genius, such a learned, such a great, outstanding. I t- related yesterday the story where the Rabbi gave the Rebbe a 57-page response. And the Rebbe was all of 26. And the Rebbe came back overnight with, totally took apart and showed this great genius Rabbi how Torah should really be studied. So there is no question that the Rebbe was this outstanding, phenomenal mind and brain and with knowledge of all aspects of Torah and Yiddishkeit. The Rebbe had a familiarity in the sciences, in the secular stuff. He was an all-around accomplished. There's no question about that. And you wonder, how could the Rebbe stand in front of his father-in-law like this, to do every word and every expression, whatever his father-in-law wanted. That was a chassid. He was a chassid of the Rebbe. What does it mean, a chassid of the Rebbe? To the Rebbe, his father-in-law was the Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem's agent in this world, the leader of the generation. And since the Rebbe, our Rebbe, was a God-fearing Jew and his Rebbe is the Moshe Rabbeinu, doesn't matter. Whatever the Rebbe says, it doesn't matter. It's not about me. It's not about how much the Rebbe knew how to learn. It's not how his leadership and not about his qualities. It's not about his righteousness. It's not about his davening. It's about I am a chassid. I am subjugated totally. That was the Rebbe. To is the Friedrich Rebbe. Since the Rebbe did not hear very clearly, so the Rebbe wasn't going to become Rebbe. But my father-in-law didn't tell me, so he's not going to become the Rebbe. It wouldn't help you. Because the Rebbe never acted out of self. He didn't exist. He was a non-entity in his own self. All the Rebbe's greatness and all of his achievement, he was a non-entity. Rabbi Mavtali mentioned, I was with the Rebbe for three decades, sitting and listening to the Rebbe's Fabrengans over there. The Rebbe never referred to himself as I'm the Rebbe, always said, my father-in-law, the leader of our generation. It was his father-in-law. The Rebbe almost looked at himself as a substitute till Mashiach comes, and we need somebody to uh, be sort of sitting at the head of the table. So he undertook that job, but the Rebbe never looked at himself. Why? Because the Rebbe was a chosid. He was a chosid of his father-in-law. The father-in-law did not tell him. Never told him. He could have told him. He didn't tell me. So to the Rebbe that meant... You know, by all the other Rebbes, there wasn't really much of a question. Not all cases. Like the Tzemach Tzedek, he had seven sons. But they were all sons. So... A lot of them became Rebbes even during the lifetime of their father. 
even while the father's alive. They married into other Hasidic Rebbe's families, and then they moved on to the other, and they became leaders of other communities. But in, out of history of the Chabad Rebbe's, there wasn't really that much of a choice, this one or that one. By the Rebbe, it was a choice. You know, my friends, we're celebrating Yud Shvat. You see, sometimes the people get something slowly because they worked at it or hard. So they work one year and they are able to save a couple of dollars and then they work the next year and slowly, slowly. Finally, they, they, they built up. Uh, they build up a little bit of an egg nest and they, for retirement, you know, it works slowly. And then you have someone who all of a sudden just hits the lottery. <laughs> hits the lottery and, you know, out of nowhere. My friends, we actually hit the lottery. The fact that we're celebrating huge Shvat of the Rebbe's leadership 70 years, we hit the lottery. The fact that the Rebbe at the end, accepted the request and the begging and the beseeching of the Hasidim who recognized. So what happened? I'll tell you what I think what happened. You know, on the day of Yud Shvat in Tovshin Yud I know it sounds like a little strange, but you know, all the Rebbes, they communicated. As we know with the Alter Rebbe, we have the stories with his teachers, with the Magid and with the Baal Shem Tov. They had a way of communicating. And if you remember last time I was corrected correctly by one of the audience over here, that not only did the Alter Rebbe connect from the Rebbe Sicha, that not only did the Alter Rebbe communicate with his Rebbes on a somehow spiritual, psychic level, but in a physical level, they actually came to the Rebbe in his present state and they communicated with him. I don't have any evidence from that, but the Rebbe went to the Oihel, to the place, and the Rebbe communicated with his father-in-law, with the previous Rebbe. I have no doubt, even though I have no evidence, that the Rebbe was able to communicate with his father-in-law. And I have no doubt that his father-in-law told the Rebbe, yes, you need to, this is what your neshama is destined, you have to become the leader of Chabad. No different than the Baal Shem Tov who refused to reveal himself. And it took a tremendous insistence to bring the Baal Shem Tov. The world <coughs> needs the Baal Shem Tov. At that time, it was just five years after the terrible, devastating Holocaust where six million Jews were murdered. The whole mood of the collective Jewish people was always down in the dumps. And we needed a Baal Shem Tov. We needed a Rebbe. And the Rebbe wasn't sure. The Rebbe didn't refuse it for any other reason, but he said, I did not hear it from the father-in-law. But when it came that Yud Shvat, in Yud Shvat Tov the Rebbe went to the oil. He spent most of the day at the oil. He must have communicated with his father-in-law. And his father-in-law told him, enough. Enough running away. 
Enough hiding. It's your turn now. You are the one that has to take over. And we hit the lottery. My friends, we're all here today. I mean, it's hard to imagine what if, you know. I want to think what if, but we hit the lottery. We have the Rebbe with us who? We're all here. We're here. And we thank the Rebbe physically, spiritually. Everything we have was because the Rebbe accepted Yuchvat, accepted upon himself. You know, because the Rebbe was the true teacher, leader. He says, don't do what I tell you to do. Do what I do. The Hasidim watched the Rebbe's subjugation and the Rebbe's devotion to his father-in-law. And the Rebbe set the example of what a Hasid has to be, really. What we need to do. How we need to behave. How our attitude needs to be. The Rebbe set the standard. The unfortunate reality is the Rebbe had a very high standard and it's very hard for simple people to really keep up to the Rebbe's standard. While the previous Rebbe and there were Hasidim that had to transition from the previous Rebbe to the Rebbe and that's never an easy job because like if a person is devoted to his Rebbe he gives over his entire soul and then they have to change it to another Rebbe, that's not easy. Because you've given everything you have to one Rebbe, it's hard to transition. But on top of that, the previous Rebbe came quicker with a compliment. And it's told about one of the people who was running a, a chesed organization and in the report that he had for that year, they did so much better than the previous year. And he's so excited to hand the Rebbe the report of how they did and what they made out. And if it was by the previous Rebbe, he would get a pat on the shoulder. And the Rebbe says to him, is this is all that you were able to do? Is that all what you were able to do? He was, he was in shock. He thought the Rebbe would, would say, you're great, what a... You know, people weren't used to that. And the Rebbe said to him at the time, you know, before I go to sleep every day, I go back on my day, I said, is this is all that I could have done today? Is this is all the davening? Is this is all the learning? Is this is all the Torah, the uh, tzedakah? Is this is all the... Mifsoyim, uh, this is all the act of kindness or goodness that I could have done today. Did I do everything I could? I stop every day before I go to retire for the, for the day. I go and check out, is this all? The Rebbe demanded more and more. There was a, some of the older Hasidim, they almost told that, they almost wrote to the Rebbe, Rebbe, we can't handle this anymore. Because the Rebbe is never happy. So, you know what? We're no good. So the But <laughs> he didn't write it to the Rebbe at the end. Because the Rebbe changed. You know, those who are educators know that if you don't expect that much from the student, they won't 
deliver that much. But if you have a higher expectation, if you expect more, then if you just expect more, then they'll actually produce a lot more because there's a bigger expectation. The Rebbe, of course, was very, very pleased with the grandeur work of Chabad and his accomplishment. There's no question about that. But the Rebbe put us to a different, he gave us a different bar. He, he gave us a different seichel. He took us out of our box. He took us out of our limitation. He did a Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. He took us out. We didn't think, whoever thought that Chabad can do all these things or generally that it's even possible. I mean, the funding that it takes and the accomplishment, the places to reach and the amount of people that can be impacted, nobody ever dreamed that it's possible. The Rebbe showed us the way. But there's one thing. The Rebbe said, you know what, as we spoke yesterday and we saw the video, the Rebbe says, look, I'm going to help you guys. I'm going to show you. I'm going to... But you are the ones that got to do it. So like the previous Rebbe would usually send a shaliach and say, I want you to go there. I want you to go there. I want you to do this. The Rebbe said no. The Rebbe says, I have an idea. Now I need volunteers to, to go ahead and do it. The Rebbe philosophy seems like was if people have ownership and then and they're not given micromanaged to tell them do this, do that, but give them the opportunity to put in their own energies. It's something that they own. They will cherish it and they will be a lot more successful. So, I think that the Rebbe taught us what it means to be a chassid. I think the Rebbe didn't do it right away because he showed us if the Rebbe didn't tell me, maybe the Rebbe didn't want. It took a little bit of time until the other people, the older son-in-law, it took some time for him to, but to realize, to recognize that. And he became one of the strongest followers of the Rebbe. Matter of fact, at one point, publicly, uh, shortly, like about a year after the Rebbe became Rebbe, he took a little l'chaim, and he started making a public announcement in front of everybody. I want to tell everybody that if I have any say or any powers or anything else as a son-in-law of the previous Rebbe, I want you to know that all those powers go to my brother-in-law, to my younger brother-in-law. I'm his chassid, and he's totally... And the Rebbe was trying to silence him and say, you know... But you know what? One of the things is, it was the Hasidim that brought out from the Rebbe. It talks about in Hasidim that level of Malchus. It's the level of Bittu. We have to cry out to Hashem as the Rebbe has taught us that we want Mashiach. We want to be back with our Rebbe. We want to hear his Torah his teachings, his learning, his inspiration. We want Mashiach now. The Abishah should help that we should celebrate very, very soon the coming of Mashiach. The Rebbe's 
words will not waste it. The Rebbe's words will be fulfilled to the fullest. And everything that the Rebbe said, we'll see with our own eyes. We will see with our own eyes with the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu that all the prophecies and all the blessings and all the promises that will all be fulfilled the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu B'meher B'meinu Amen L'chaim 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 L'chaim